3: and we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the
4: world, broadcasting as we always do, from the tippy-top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City, it is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Falla, a fella who has never, ever failed to condemn political violence of any sort. The media pitching nine innings of shutout ball over the weekend on the purported attack at SCOTUS Justice Brett Kavanaugh's house. This, of course, comes at a time when we're covering the January 6th hearings today, where we were told that, of course, rhetoric directly leads to bad violence. Well, we get a guy with a gun and a knife at... Kavanaugh's house, not a word, not a word out of any outlet out there. The media is a bunch of losers. But we've got so much happening, so buckle up. It's a big Monday. January 6th hearings, as I said, underway. Uh, Democrats down in Washington trying to ban Donald Trump from running for office ever again. But it comes amidst reports that they're also trying to ban Joe Biden from running for office ever again. Come on, man. It's a bad one. We're going to get into all of it and a lot more. Buckle up, kids. The champ is back in action. I ate the good tide pods. Happy to get the band back together. 888 788 9910. You know the rules on this show. It's a very straightforward program. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a. That is all we ask. That's it every day. Uh, quick programming note before we get underway. I am on Gutfeld tonight uh, at 11 p.m. Highest rated late night show in the world. And we're getting a guest host tonight. Greg is out. I don't know where he is. People are like, oh, where is he? I don't know. All I know is he's not at Six Flags because he's not tall enough to get on the rides. But Dana Perino, a co-host of America's Newsroom, you see me on TV with her all the time, she will be hosting the Gutfeld Show tonight. <laughs> of course, that is not the big headline as we get underway today. The big headline is that Fox Across America is broadcasting for the first time ever today on two amazing new stations.
3: we well, moving on.
4: Oh, girl, there it is. A big fat special shout out, a big welcome hug to the legendary 1230 WBVP 99.3 FM. And, of course, 1460 WMBA 95.7 FM as well. Out in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania and Ambridge, Pennsylvania, I have to also shout out the legendary Frank Sparks for putting us on the air, which I got to tell you is a very big deal for me uh, for a multitude of reasons. First and foremost, uh, some of you football fanatics out there know that Beaver Falls, the home of NFL legend Joe Namath, who was, of course, the New York Jets quarterback, Uh, the last time they won a Super Bowl, uh, which was slightly before we put a man on the moon. So the Jets, you know, Jet fans have been waiting pretty patiently and not so patiently, if you've seen some of the fistfights in our Meadowlands Arena. Uh, But more for me, uh, Ambridge, Pennsylvania, and the Beaver Falls region as a home, is uh, the home of a lot of my Polish relatives. Uh, My grandma grew up there on my mother's side. Uh, She grew up specifically in Ambridge. And I got a lot of Polish... Polish falcons out there. My uncle Sam who's 96 years old, still resides out in Ambridge. And we get out there, you know, to see them from time to time. So to be on the air, you know, in in a place I've been visiting since my childhood, it's actually like a really big deal. And and I say that because I want everybody listening for the first time to understand just to get you caught up on what this show happens to be. Because when you turn the dial and you hear Fox Across America, you assume That the real host must be like bound and gagged and I've somehow thrown myself on the air. It's like a king of comedy deal where there's like an active hostage situation and I can't possibly be the real host. Well, the truth is, yes, I don't actually have uh, any type of background in broadcasting. I am a former New York City cab driver and my radio superpower is the fact that I don't actually have a radio superpower. I'm just a regular guy that comes at these issues from the same vantage point as you. Okay, I prioritize what you prioritize, which is the greatness of this country, the safety of your family, and the ability to pursue you know life, liberty, and happiness, as we were told by our founders. Uh, I am basically conducting a three hour a day celebration. ...of our unique American privilege. That's what I'm doing. I'm catering to people who are in on the joke. I don't really care which way you vote. I am, of course, a conservative, unapologetically so. But if you're listening to the show, if you live in America, like you hit the lottery, okay? You live in the greatest country in the world, the most tolerant and inclusive society on the planet, okay? There is no better place on Earth to be anything... Than there is right here.
5: He's a lousy dad, but he's
4: right. So when we come on the air every day, it's not like a bio distillery. Like, we take the issues ta- facing our country very seriously, but we never take ourselves seriously at all. That's the whole hook of the show. The world's on fire right now. We're basically just roasting some radio marshmallows, okay? That's what we do. So if you want to call in any day of the week, okay? Whether you're listening on 1230 WVBP or you're listening on 1460 WMBA, wherever you happen to be listening, on a transistor radio while you're cooking meth in a Winnebago, Walter White style, I don't really care. All I want you to do is get out of bed every morning thankful for the fact that you live in this country and appreciative of the fact that there's at least one radio show out there where you don't have to agree with the host. I always say every day, the phone number is 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of the show, but it is also so the phone number if you don't want to be a part of the show. You call me up, read me the riot act. I think it'd be pretty good radio. But one way or the other, we are honored to have you on board. Uh, and as we make our way forward, my promise to you. OK, this is the only campaign promise I make. And it's a radio campaign. It's not a real campaign because I could never pass the background check of a real campaign. I'd be out of there in like 30 minutes. They'd be like, oh, that's yeah, you know, this guy. Forget it. Drag him out in cuffs. But the point is, every day when I get on the air, All I'm trying to do is have an honest conversation with you. If this show ends with you disagreeing with every word I said, great. Okay, if some of it comes, fine. I'm not an activist. I am a talk show host, and that's all I will ever try to be for you. Um, if you happen to meet me at, like, a radio station event, you come to one of my stand-up comedy shows, I will also be a guy who makes you feel better about your own eating and drinking because the people on this show get a little carried away with the old fork and knife. Fat,
3: drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life,
4: sir. I, would, I disagree, Dean Wormer. Uh, fat, drunk, and stupid has gotten me a long way in life, and I will continue uh, to take that path, and I'd be honored if some of you would join me.
5: Can you dig it? Yeah. Can you dig it? Can you dig it?
4: (laughs) So it's a day of firsts. It is a lot of firsts. The one thing not new, not new today, is the media just waging a little bit of a war, uh, just a little bit of a war on reality over the weekend. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. It really is. Now, I was hosting Fox News, uh, the big Saturday show on Saturday. Uh, I also hosted the big Sunday show again yesterday. And one of the things we were discussing is that the, there was zero coverage. The Sunday shows yesterday, zero coverage of the man arrested outside Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh's home, a man who showed up with a gun and a knife and told police he was there to kill Brett Kavanaugh. Now, this is very noteworthy because right now, with the January 6th hearings going on, we're being told what? We need to have these hearings because Trump's rhetoric in the aftermath of the election caused political violence and we have to condemn, you know, political violence. We've got to be out there. We've got to hold people accountable for their rhetoric. That's the whole point of the January 6th hearing. Okay, which is very fascinating to me because this guy who attacked Brett Kavanaugh's home who was busted by the cops, if you remember, okay, had previously heard Chuck Schumer saying this about abortion rulings by the Supreme Court. Here is clip five.
2: I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. You shut your mouth, you
4: bastard. But that's Chuck Schumer flat out saying, you have unleashed a whirlwind and you will pay. You don't know what'll hit you. Okay. Those are Chuck Schumer's words. Well, a guy shows up at Brett Kavanaugh's house with a gun and a knife and you don't hear crickets. That's why I don't read the newspaper
5: because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage.
4: And I want you to understand, that's just not some random audio drop. We cut of a Basketball coach losing it (laughs) in an interview. Those are also the words of Bill Maher, who is a pretty prominent Democratic media presence, who called out the New York Times over the weekend for burying the Kavanaugh assassination attempt. And this is, of course, a day before the Sunday shows. I mean, they pitched a straight shutout, not a word. But here is Bill Maher calling it out as clip one.
1: The point I would agree with is. The New York Times buried this. Yeah, it was like if a tiny thing a, below the fold. A- if this a- had been a liberal Supreme Court justice that someone came to kill, it After would have been me. on the it would have been on the front page. And that's what's so disappointing about a paper like the New York Times. Because they just wear their bias on their sleeves. And they if it's not part of something that feeds our narrative, it.
3: He knows what he's talking about.
4: Straight up. Okay. Understand that. If A Supreme Court justice, if a liberal justice had someone arrested outside their home with a gun or a knife, there'd be 12 barricades around their home. We'd be passing all kinds of emergency legislation in Congress, and they would be blaming every single Republican who ever spoke in front of a microphone for the actions of this fringe lunatic. Now, again, I don't believe that Chuck Schumer is the reason this guy did what he did, but it's very hard to take anyone seriously if they only want to focus on rhetoric from one side. It's very hard to take someone serious if they only want to focus on violence from one side. That's the real issue here, is that January 6th, we're being told, you know, is about protecting democracy. Or toning things down. That is a fact check false. It really is just about, you know, tarring Republicans in the court of public opinion ahead of the midterms. That's really what January 6th is. Okay, and understand this. I don't run the Donald Trump radio defense fund. It's not my job. Okay, but there's no proof that Trump said, you know, storm the Capitol. Go get them. Okay, what Trump said was go down there, peacefully protest, let your voices be heard. OK, that's all we have. That's the clip we're going down. Go down there, peacefully protest. Let your voices be heard. It is a long way from uh, you've unleashed a world when you're going to pay. You won't know what hit you. It's a long way. But you understand that's why we are where we are, because there's a double standard when it comes to violence in this country. And I'm just telling you that as your radio buddy again and again and again. I don't care you vote. I don't care. It's not my job. If we are relying on me, a former New York City cab driver who went to community college and majored in intro to Xbox, if we're depending on me to save the country, folks, we're all screwed. I agree with that. But when I get on the air and I say to you, you know, if there's a double standard on political violence in this country, if there is a double standard on political violence, then there is no standard at all. Bingo. It's flat out. There's no standard. OK. And I say this as the Capitol hearings are getting underway right now. We all agree it was bad. I was on the air when it was ha- when it happened. I was like, dude, this is terrible. You can't do this. If you're storming a Capitol or any type of government institution, you're not a Republican. You're not a Democrat. You're a <laughs> straight up. That's what you are. You're the antithesis of what this show stands for. So we condemned it in real time. We were condemning political violence long before it was cool. In the summer of 2020, when they burnt down $2 billion worth of property, killed over 42 people, oh, by the way, torched 100 black-owned businesses in the near north of Minneapolis, only to have Kamala Harris tweet a link the next day, encouraging people to bail out the rioters. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. <laughs> that tweet is still up to this day, dude. Okay, they were all for political violence when it suited their needs. And now, of course, they're apoplectic because we got some on the right. The violence is bad no matter who commits it. When it comes to political violence, we're all supposed to be Dr. Seuss. We condemn it on a boat, on a goat, on a train, on a plane. Okay, that's the way it's supposed to work. But what we're dealing with right now in this country is an indifference to violence on one side, okay? There was no interest in the George Floyd riots. There is no interest in the fact that someone showed up to Brett Kavanaugh's house with a gun and a knife and said he was there to kill him. okay? And I want to point that out because we have a lot to do on the show today. But I want the people listening for the first time to understand the way I'm really trying to prioritize this conversation is I'm talking to you as a guy who cares, Okay, I was a cab driver five years ago. Now I'm on the biggest TV shows in the world. I'm the fastest growing radio show in the country. But I'm still like a regular guy. Like we have a window right now where I am like a human being that cares about what you cares about, that isn't here to win elections. He's just here to get our country going on the right track. That's the world I want to live in, a world where we root for our country a lot harder than we root for our party. That's who I am. That's what this show is. So I'm just telling you right out of the gate, we're going to cover January 6th. We're going to cover plenty of things the Republicans don't like, plenty of things the Democrats don't like. But if we don't have a joint stance on political violence, we don't have a country.
5: And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit.
3: You're listening to the most addictive show on the radio. This is crack, rock cocaine. It isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, it's Clay
2: Travis. Join me for Outkick the show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes
4: available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly
2: on outkick.com forward slash watch.
4: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon back in action. I had two days off at the end of last week. I was on special assignment for the Fox News Channel. You'll see that on the television uh, coming up on the 4th of July without getting too specific. And then, of course, Friday, we were at the Talkers Convention out on Long Island. Shout out to Michael Harrison for throwing a hell of an event. Uh, I got to do some stand-up comedy for the radio industry executives and station managers and, you know, program directors and stuff like that. It was a great hang. We had a wild time, uh, but I missed this audience. So if I did not get back to your messages, uh, you can always message me on the Fox Cross America Facebook page. I was a little lax in returning messages over the weekend because I had a little bit of TV to do. And then uh, I had to head over to the family Xbox and whip Lincoln Failers. But shut your mouth. No, I had a big weekend on Xbox. I was two and uh, two big wins. Uh, the Democrats, meanwhile, back at the ranch, taking a bit of a loss in the media right now. I want you to hear some Ted Cruz comments because he was talking about this Kavanaugh thing. It bothers me, man. I don't harp on a lot on this show, but you have to know this. Somebody shows up with a gun and a knife to any cons- uh, liberal justice's home. Yo, the world is on fire right now. Okay. And it should be on fire. We should not be okay with this. There's no world where we should be encouraging people to violate a federal law and demonstrate outside the home of a justice. Yes, you have the right to peaceful assembly, but intimidating a federal judge is a federal crime for a reason. When you show up to a guy's house, I'm not even talking about the lunatic with a gun and a knife. I'm talking about everybody that protested outside of Kavanaugh's house this weekend. They protested again this weekend. They're basically saying to the judge, we know where you live. We know where your family goes to school. Understand, people went, okay? The group Ruth sent us, encouraged people to go to the school where Justice Amy Comey Barrett's kids happened to attend. Said, yeah, go check that out.
3: What the- Hell
4: is the world, really, an end if this is standard operating procedure. But here is Ted Cruz telling the truth, okay? This is clip three.
0: Chuck Schumer went to the steps of the Supreme Court and threatened the justices. The White House actively encouraged protesters to go to the home of Supreme Court justices, despite the fact that it is there's a federal criminal prohibition on doing so while a court case is pending. It's the only time. That I'm aware of where the White House, literally from the White House press room, has encouraged the ongoing commission of a felony.
2: That's not right. But that's
4: exactly what they did. Show up. Check it out. Protest. Jen Psaki said it herself. Psaki sucks. Kaylee was so much better.
2: If you're having trouble sleeping, ask your doctor about Bidenica, the sleep aid made from 100% Joe Biden press conference. The best way to get something done, if you if holds
5: near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to...
2: Anyway. Bidenica has a patented blend of confusion and forgetfulness that will calm the most overactive brains. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak... It's taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's just, I mean, think about
0: it. When they sold out American jobs and killed the Keystone Pipeline, it kept me up all night worrying about how we pay our bills. But then I got by Denica. And I've
2: never slept better. Sometimes when I get hopped up on sugar, my parents give me Bidenica so I pass out. Other times they give it to me during the day, probably so they can do the deed. Gross. Warning. People who have used Bidenica have experienced rapid lying and an inability to secure the southern border. Others have hallucinated and fought breakfast cereals. Corn pop was a bad dude. Ask your doctor if Bidenica is right for you. It
4: is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, and it doesn't sound like anybody is buying a bottle of Bidenica anytime soon in the Democratic Party. Big report out uh, over the weekend. Politico discussed this in a far-reaching editorial. Uh, They interviewed more than 50 Democratic officials. Uh, 50 Democratic officials interviewed by the New York Times. Politico has some quotes in here as well. From county leaders to members of Congress— And the word on the street is none of them want Joe Biden running again in 2024. Come on, man. Now, to be honest with you, okay, uh, Joe Biden didn't run in 2020. He was only able to run because COVID restricted the campaign to a stay-at-home event. He was basically in his house watching Bonanza, and the media was running for him. Tell him like it is. Okay, he wasn't actually out there being tasked With the, you know, the rigors, the burden of everyday campaigning. On the rare occasion where they let him get in front of a microphone, it didn't always end good, you know. Do you have a problem figuring
2: out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black?
4: You know, that was that moment on the Charlemagne show. They wound up having to, like, put a shock collar on the guy to make sure he stayed on prompter for the rest of the campaign. guy's a bit of a mess. But the point is there's no serious person. None. Zero. That thinks Joe Biden is running again in 2024 for all kinds of reasons. You know, people talk about his polling. And, yes, he really is at a place where he's just about polling behind ISIS. But if you look at a 40-year high in inflation, if you look at an all-time high in gas prices, an all-time high in fentanyl overdose deaths, things are bad. Okay, But there's no physical world where he's going to run for not even those reasons but the fact that he just physically can't run. Okay, The guy would be – Uh, 82. By the time that second term ended, if in fact he were there still in power, he would be closer to the age of 90 than he was the age of 80. That can't be good. It's not good now. I can't imagine what it would look like then. But the reason Biden keeps insisting that he's running again is because, of course, he doesn't want to be perceived this early in his administration as a lame duck president. You know, he doesn't have a lot of power on Capitol Hill right now. The majority in the Senate is so slim and the majority in Congress is out the window because the squad, the far left wing of the party, they can't stand this guy. You know, especially AOC. AOC is a dope. Maybe. But I bring her up in this moment because she was speaking to CNN over the weekend and flat out said she wouldn't commit to supporting Biden in 2024. And everybody keeps saying, "Well, see, that's it. AOC, turn it on Biden. Now, listen, there's no love for Biden. Okay, the far left wing of the party only endorsed him because they were promised that if Biden ran for president, Bernie Sanders, for all intents and purposes, would be in charge of domestic policy. And that's why they held their nose and supported the guy. And it's true. What did he do the minute he got into office but signed 42 executive orders that catered to far left ideology? Okay, killed the Keystone Energy Pipeline sacrificed 10,000 American jobs at the altar of environmental virtue signaling. It was a bad move for Americans, but it was a good move for the far-left environmentalist wackos. They declared war on a fossil fuel industry, which, again, I'm all for wanting to save the planet. But you understand when you cut domestic energy production, you harm the planet. Why? Because we don't change our consumption habits. We have not changed our consumption habits since production went down in this country. All we've done is buy the same amount of petroleum from other parts of the world. Other parts of the world that burn it far filthier than we do. So now we're consuming just as much oil as we ever do. We're just getting it from a dirtier place. And oh, by the way, now we have to use oil just to ship that dirtier oil back into our country. We're doing all of this in the name of cutting pollution.
5: That's stupid.
4: Use your common sense. But again, despite having... A bit of a stranglehold over Joe Biden. AOC was talking to CNN. She wouldn't commit to supporting him. But the truth is here, and I want you to understand this, this is not her giving the adults the finger in her party, okay? This is her knowing full, straight up well. There's no world. This guy's not, he's not running in 2024. I will bet any of you anything, there's no world where he runs. Joe Biden won't be running water in 2024, let alone the country. Here is AOC saying she won't do it. It's clip 18.
2: President Biden, Biden, he is saying he's going to run again in 2024. Will you support him?
3: You know, if the president chooses uh, to run again in 2024, I mean, first of all, I'm focused on winning this majority right now uh, and preserving a majority this year in 2022. So we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But, um, but I think if, if the president has a vision, then that's something certainly we're all willing to entertain and examine when the, when the time comes.
4: So that's a non-answer right now, but of course she was pressed on it. Here's Dana Bash following up clip 19.
3: That's not a yes. Yeah, you know, I think uh, we should endorse when we get to it, but I I believe that the president has been doing a very good job uh, so far, and, um, you know, should he run again? I think that, I you know, I think it's, it's, we'll take a look.
2: (laughs) Uh
4: Oh, I'm in trouble. Big trouble. Uh, They they don't want to endorse him. They also know he's not going to run, so she doesn't want to waste her time. Because if she comes out right now and says, no, no, I'd endorse him, that also puts her in a bad position with other candidates who might potentially wind up running. Then they've got to go back and revisit. But you said you were a Biden person, and we know Biden's in the race, but what has changed about – you know, they don't want to do it. Okay, Brett Baer, who, of course, hosts Special Report – I mean, hosted well, like Brett Baer, you know. Singers sing, painters paint. Brett Baer just throws shutouts on Special Report. And he was talking about how a lot of Democratic Party leaders – are concerned they're voicing concern because biden is starting to do some media you know he did if you remember last week he was on with jimmy kimmel last wednesday
0: i don't remember that ever
4: happening but it did he was on there he did about 30 minutes with jimmy kimmel and some democratic leaders are taking this as a sign that biden's intent on running again which they want no part of here it is clip 20.
1: the whisper is now much louder in just the past few weeks. And
2: the president's public uh, efforts, including that Jimmy Kimmel appearance, have not helped anything. Uh, in fact, they've they've only increased what has been happening. In Democratic circles, this is not, these are not, you know, Republicans, these are not mm-hmm. conservatives, like lobbing grenades rhetorically. They are Democrats saying we have a real issue, a major issue, in the words of David Axelrod. So I expect that to increase um, and depend what happens in the midterms and if it if the election were held tomorrow it would be a massive red wave there's a lot of time before november uh, but there's not a lot of time to steer the ship of state the aircraft carrier away Mm. from inflation and the problems that they're facing that's true that is true
4: spot-on analysis by the great brett bear biden's a big drag on his party right now Uh, you know when we talk about the conditions on the ground in this country, there's been such a massive compromise in the overall quality of life here in America, whether it's a lack of good, goods on shelves, whether it's the, for, the affordability of those goods, whether it's the affordability of gas, whether it's the crime you see in the streets. Everything that we're looking at right now under this president has been compromised in quality. Biden sucks. You know, and the big issue we have Right now, going forward, is it's taken the Democrats on the generic ballot into Biden territory. They're facing their largest deficit on the generic ballot in the history of the generic ballot. That's why you keep hearing things about a red wave and the Republicans are going to win everything. They are. They're absolutely positively going to win everything in the midterms because Biden has run the place into the ground. And that's why, you know, when he gets out there and starts doing little press tours and says he's going to be traveling the country, maybe even the world, the perception becomes, well, this guy's, you know, looks like he's going to be running again in 2024. And when the people who care about moving the Democratic Party forward see Biden, you know, making overtures about running again in 2024, to a man, to a woman, to a they, to a them, they all have the same reaction.
3: No, God, no, God, please, no, no, no.
4: They do not want this guy running. Okay, another reason why is, as I said, he's historically unpopular. The country is in a historic downturn. But then there's just this exhausting thing going on. It's very Trumpian. Okay, do you remember where people were exhausted by Trump? Because, you know, he you know, he never knew what he was going to tweet when he got up to pee in the middle of the night. You know, you just never knew. You never knew what you were going to wake up to. What kind of bombshell? Did he call some actress Miss Piggy? You know, did he insult Rosie O'Donnell and call her a land whale? You know, did he (laughs) did, did he go after the women on The View again?
0: They all hate
2: each other.
4: You know, a lot of them do, but you just never knew where this was going to go with Trump. And people are experiencing the same problem with Joe Biden. We're in a situation where every time he opens his mouth, it doesn't you don't get the feeling anyone knows where it's going to go, including him. OK, here is Biden in L.A. wrapping up his trip over the weekend. And in one 30 second sound clip I'm about to send you, I'm about to play you. I'm going to play you a 34 second sound clip. Buckle up. It begins with him saying he hasn't decided if he will go to Saudi Arabia, and it ends with him saying that he's
3: going. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup.
4: Listen to this clip. It's fascinating stuff. It's clip 22.
5: Have you
3: decided, sir, whether to go to Saudi Arabia?
0: No, not yet. What would be the, uh, holding up the decision at this point? Are there commitments you're waiting for from the Saudis or on
2: I mean, the negotiations over peace though? No, no commitments from the Saudis don't relate to anything having to do with energy. It happens to be a large meeting taking place in Saudi Arabia. That's the reason I'm going. And it has to do with national security for them, for Israelis. I have a program. Anyway, it has to do with much larger issues than having to do with the energy.
3: We have a president that is clearly not all there.
4: Did you hear that? Have you decided... Whether you're going to Saudi Arabia. No. But there's a meeting going on in Saudi Arabia that's bigger than just Saudi Arabia. And that's why I'm going. Have you ever had a checkup? Did you hear that? That's a 34th. Yeah. You figured out whether we're going to Saudi Arabia. No. But, you know, there's a big meeting in Saudi Arabia. And that's why I'm going over to Saudi Arabia. Biden's lost his marbles. It's a mess, man. But bigger than all of this, okay, the reason he won't be running in 2024 is the line really did catch up to him. Okay, yes, we joke about the fact that the elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. Yes, we joke about, you know, not even joke. I mean, it's a reality that this is a bad situation from the poll standpoint for the Democrats, but a worse situation from the quality of life in this country. Again, you can't afford gas. They're not even putting prices on the pumps anymore. It's just pictures of the sex act you'll have to perform behind the station in order to afford a gallon of gas. Like, hey, you fill it up on the missionary. It's bad. We're getting screwed at every turn under this president. But bigger than even that is the fact that he has lied at every turn, man. What did he tell you about the state of Georgia? Voter ID. We can't have voter ID. That's Jim Crow on steroids.
5: This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia. That that
4: was the claim, asking black people to show voter ID was Jim Crow on steroids. It was worse than original Jim Crow, where they were physically attacking people to deny them the right to vote. Never mind that since Georgia's early voting law went into effect, early voting is up over 220 percent in the state of Georgia. There's no voter suppression. Would you stop it? Okay, but he's a guy who told you the cops are systemically racist. They were Jim Crow segregationists in the South. Anybody who didn't agree with him on his Voting Rights Act, okay, had to decide if they wanted to stand on the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis, George Wallace or Bull Connor. I mean, he gaslit the country along racial lines to the moon and back. If you remember down at our southern border, he told you with a straight face that border agents were whipping Haitian migrants. No, they're going to pay. There's going to be an investigation. Those people are going to (laughs) pay. Nobody paid. You want to know why? Because they knew at the time, the photographer who shot the video and posted the images said, hey, these are split-rain horses. Nobody's whipping anybody. But yet they ran out and said, oh, this takes us back to the days of slavery. They've lied about everything. Okay, he lied when he launched his campaign. He said it was a battle for the soul of our nation because Donald Trump never condemned neo-Nazis and white nationalists in Charlottesville.
5: And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, Because they should be
4: condemned totally. But Biden based his whole campaign on that lie. Things that are easily disprovable. And he's out there right now telling Jimmy Kimmel what? You know, people keep giving us a hard time in the Republican Party. But America has the fastest growing economy in the world. In the world, Jimmy. In the world. The American economy shrank. By point two percent in the first quarter of 2022. We're not growing. We're going backwards. And that's the real reason he won't be going forward as a presidential candidate. Yes, he's old. Yes, he's screwed things up. But the dude just can't stop lying.
3: White House girls and Biden to bed early because he's really old and he's senile. He makes up so much crap, the country's worried. He's lying like it's going out of style. You can't hide Joe Biden's lies for a while. They made each try. I thought by. with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America.
4: Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Got a lot going on today. Joe Concha is going to be here. He's, of course, a media reporter at the Hill. Uh, he has been covering the January Sixth hearings. He's been calling balls and strikes. We're also going to have that discussion with Sean Davis from the Federalist eight 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 seven eight eight nine nine one zero. If you want to chime in yourself with some thoughts, uh, but I will tell you this: you know, on a Monday, on my first Monday back after a bit of a, it was like an Amish rum springer. They let me off the farm. I got to go to a few events. You know, do some things, try out electricity. Uh, It's just nice to be back here with you guys. So get ready. we got a big hour coming up. I lost.
3: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
4: Oh, you bet it is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon lacing them up got another big hour of top shelf radio and a bottom feeding political world and that race to the bottom picking up speed the january 6th matinee hearings have just wrapped up a few minutes ago up on capitol hill we will take you inside today's witness testimony and the claims being made of course if you have an opinion on this or anything else this is a You know, family meeting for the country. That's what Fox Across America is. Everybody has a voice here at the dinner table. 888-788-9910. We have one rule, man. If you're listening for the first time, and I know some of you are, because we're on two brand spanking new affiliates today. So if you happen to be out in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, Ambridge, Pennsylvania, listening on 1230 WBVP or... 1460 WNBA. All we ask every day, if you listen to the show, you want to call into the show, it's good rule for life, man, everywhere you go, whether you're listening on the radio, whether you're just shopping in the mall, whether you're sitting at work, whether you're at a family function, you could be a Republican, you could be a Democrat, just don't be a That is all we ask. Unfortunately, today uh, is a day full of It's a messy day on social media. uh, I mean, every day is a messy day on social media. I say this all the time. Twitter has become a veritable fight club for people who don't want to get hit. You know, it kind of incentivizes the worst types of vile attacks in the name of, you know, scoring some digital dopamine. Oh, I want those sweet likes. I can shoot them up in my veins straight through my phone. We have a big problem with politics in this country. The reason I get on the air every day and I'm like, hey, we just got to be cool is because nobody's being cool and it's getting us to a really bad place. And I'll explain why nobody's being cool. There's two reasons. One is, yes, social media incentivizes the worst portrayals of your ideological opponents. The worst name you can call a conservative, the more likes you're going to get from liberals. The worst thing you can say about liberals, the more likes you're going to get from conservatives. That's just reality. That's what it is. You know, if you go on and you say, yeah, you know, I disagree with the Democrats, but all right, you get a few likes. But if you're like, these commies are ruining the country. Everybody's like, "Woo, I'm in. Same thing with, you know, conservatives. This all started in the Trump age. If you said, uh, well, I don't like this Trump fella, I think he's a little out there. You know, yeah, you get a couple of likes. But if you said, he is literally Hitler, he's controlled by Putin, he was sent to destroy America. Oh, here come the likes. And that style of, you know, political discourse, sadly, has taken hold in this country. And it's not, there's no, you know, there's no nuance when it comes to what we're discussing. Like, I'll give you a good example is. Everyone is dealing in absolutes, even if they don't have absolute proof. Okay, Jamie Raskin, okay, he's the guy leading the January 6th committee. One of the most audacious claims made by this committee so far is that all the Republicans in Congress knew they engaged in criminal activity. So they were asking Donald Trump for presidential pardons after the fact. Wrong. Okay, I can say this is wrong. Because Jamie Raskin was asked yesterday by CNN, of all places, whether or not there was proof. CNN! CNN is the worst. They really are. And as much of a home game as it is for Jamie Raskin, he still couldn't give them proof. He still wouldn't commit to having proof of this. Here it is, clip eight.
2: How many of your colleagues in Congress did that? And what evidence do you have? Because you know that... Congressman Scott Perry is denying it.
1: Yeah. Well, the seeking of pardons is powerful demonstration of the consciousness of guilt, or at least the consciousness that you may be in trouble. And that's what's so shocking about this. Uh, it's not just one. And you it, have
2: evidence that this happened? It,
1: it is multiple members of Congress,
2: as the vice chair said at our opening hearing. And um, all in due course, uh, the details will surface. So, so guess there's evidence? Um, but we're, everything we're doing
1: is documented by evidence, uh, unlike the big lie, which is based on nonsense, as uh, former Attorney General Barr said. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. He
4: doesn't have any evidence. If they had evidence, they would be leaking it everywhere right now. Just like if there was evidence that Donald Trump coordinated the attacks on the Capitol— It would be leaked. It would be everywhere. We just wrapped up day two of the hearings, day two of the hearings, and they haven't produced a single scintilla of evidence that Donald Trump coordinated these attacks on the Capitol. What they're trying to do is just draw a loose line. Well, Trump said the election was stolen, so they attacked the Capitol. But if everyone who says an election is stolen should be prosecuted for any unrest that has ensued, why aren't we talking about? The four years the Democrats spent telling us 2016 was stolen, the four years that resulted in massive spikes in crime, attacks on our institutions in Washington, attacks on the Supreme Court, the burning okay, of Washington, D.C. in the summer of 2020, the stoning, breaking and rocking of Secret Service agents who were treated outside the White House. After the siege got so severe, the president himself was ushered into a bunker by the Secret Service because they thought the White House was under attack. Again, I condemn all kinds of political violence. I don't think it's good. But in this age where we only prioritize political violence if it suits our political needs at the time, what you'll find again and again and again is that people to make their case are willing to go to unimaginably stupid places if they think it'll bolster their claim. Here is Garrett Graff on CNN saying Fox News, Fox News is an unindicted co-conspirator in the violence of January 6th. You're not telling me the truth. No, listen to this. This is fascinating. This is Garrett Graff. it's Fox News. Here it is. Clip nine.
3: Fox is sort of step by step lying to the American people night after night in a way that has torn their viewers from reality. I I think that it is uh, not surprising to me that they kept the truth of the Thursday night, January 6th committee hearings from their public, uh, because I think there's a very strong argument that Fox News writ large is effectively an unindicted co-conspirator in the violence and insurrection at the Capitol on January 6th.
2: Are you stupid or something?
4: I mean, really, think that's so bananas. Okay, first and foremost, Fox News was roundly in real time on January the 6th. I was on the air. I was one of the people doing it. Nobody on Fox News thinks what happened at the Capitol is okay. We think it's disgusting. We thought the president was wrong to speak that day. A lot of us said so on the air before the speech. We thought he was wrong to say the election was stolen without any type of proof, which is why the president bashes Fox News all the time. You know, we're not out there running the Donald Trump Radio and Television Defense Fund. We are often at odds with things Donald Trump says, which is why there's so much incoming fire towards this channel from a guy like Donald Trump. How many times have you heard him trash Fox News? It's because we don't obviously have his back just to have his back. We have his back when he's on the right side of a story, like the Russian collusion narrative. We didn't have his back. We had the truth's back. We knew it was a scam, bought and paid for, By the Clinton campaign, it was opposition research, the Steele dossier, designed to build a counter-narrative to the Hillary Clinton email scandal, and we knew that from word one, and we watched one anonymously sourced bombshell after another, which weren't true. We watched the Democrats, we watched the liberal press. Throw out and disavow every standard of journalism and ethics to try to convict Trump in the court of public opinion. We're kind of watching this again now with the January 6th committee. It's the first committee in the history of this nation that doesn't allow the minority party a, to appoint members to the panel doesn't allow the minority party to cross-examine witnesses brought forth by the committee. This is a clown show. It's like a show trial for all intents and purposes. But let's be very clear. Fox News is still covering it. They're covering it on Fox Nation. They're covering it on Fox Business. They're covering it on FoxNews.com. All three of these outlets carried it live. Our prime uh, today, our channel showed the whole thing live. Showed the whole thing, blew out the morning programming lineup, and showed the whole trial live, the whole committee live. Okay, our primetime lineup last Thursday covered it as news pertained. Okay, we didn't pretend it didn't happen. We also didn't pretend it was a deadly white supremacist insurrection designed to overthrow the country. Okay, everyone on Fox News will tell you the Capitol was bad. What we won't tell you is what the Democrats are trying to make you believe is that there was an attempt to overthrow the most powerful government in the world by a guy led by a guy in a Chewbacca bikini. Okay, all we're saying is bad. If anybody was it was involved in arranging this, yes, they should be prosecuted to the highest extent of the law. But what we're not saying is the absurdity the Democrats are trying to sell you which is always a deadly white supremacist insurrection. People didn't storm the Capitol because of Joe Biden's race. They stormed the Capitol because they didn't trust the legitimacy of an election. Now, again, Donald Trump should not be out there saying it's stolen if he doesn't have proof, because that makes him no better than these people in the Democratic Party.
0: As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee and you can have the election stolen from you.
4: Do you agree that Donald Trump
1: is, in effect, not a legitimate president?
5: I think that there's no question that
2: the process that elected him was not legitimate. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president.
5: I think the interference, although not yet quantified, uh, if fully investigated, would show Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016.
3: So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what
5: I just said, which I can't retract.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Trump knows he's an illegitimate president who got illegitimate foreign power.
4: <laughs> but, but, but again, what are we doing right now? We're holding a trial on January uh, you know, 6th because anybody who tells you an election is stolen. That's sedition. That's treason put them behind bars. Democrats are so full of crap. Dude, and make no mistake about it, the Democrats also told us that when they lost their election, the voting machines were hacked. I
1: continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable.
5: In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switch votes from one candidate to another. The
4: biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates Cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine
0: like that, you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are
1: doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling this.
5: There are a lot of states
3: that are dealing with antiquated machines right, which are vulnerable to being hacked.
0: Workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. 43% of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including back doors.
4: We know how vulnerable now our systems were. We know, I know, the hackathon that took place last year where virtually every machine was
5: broken into fairly quickly.
3: I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues Here at the Capitol, um, where we brought in um, folks who, before our eyes, hacked election machines. Um, Those that are not, those that are being used in many states.
1: She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a
3: regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind.
4: I mean, really. Folks, you need to understand, again and again and again, I don't like what happened to the Capitol. It's really Bad. Okay, it's all bad. The George Floyd summer of 2020 when they burnt down 13 Democratic-run cities, caused $2 billion worth of property damage, also bad. We need a uniform standard when it comes to this stuff. But the point is, this whole entire hearing is about what? Rhetoric leads to violence, and you can't challenge the results of an election. Okay, if we can't challenge the results of an election, if that's the big crime here, we don't need a committee. We need a mirror. Because the Democrats are guilty of everything Trump did, too. It doesn't make his better. It makes him no better than them. But the reason no one wants to take them seriously is because, again and again and again, it's a classic exercise in projection. They're accusing someone of what they themselves have done and done repeatedly. And the issue we keep coming back to in this country, especially as it pertains to people on the right, is we know it's bad. And if you have evidence Donald Trump coordinated this or anybody coordinated this, we want him thrown in jail. That goes for Donald Trump and everybody else. But we've two days come and gone in this hearing. And if the Democrats showed any evidence at all that Trump was involved, the answer would be no. And that's why we can't take them seriously.
3: Tackling issues of the day in an easy way. He's all man. He's a big, strong looking guy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Thaler.
4: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Thaler. You know the January 6th committee isn't going particularly well. When Rachel Maddow, of all places is admitting that the Trump rally did not cause the breach of the Capitol. Listen to this clip. It's clip 11.
0: Just the key point that, yes, there was a pro-Trump rally at which the president spoke, and you can, we can absolutely talk about all the things the president said there. But the idea that that rally is the thing that got out of hand and that somehow resulted in the breaching of the Capitol, that rally was very far from the Capitol. Yes. And the people who, as you say, did the initial breach that allowed everybody else to come in, they never even went to that rally.
4: Think about that. Okay. The Democrats want you to believe Trump had a rally and told everybody at the rally to go down the street and storm the Capitol. Wrong. That didn't happen. Go down there. Peacefully protest. Let your voices be heard. Again, not ideal. But this claim and the reason we have a January 6th committee. Well, the reason we have a January 6th committee is because the first impeachment didn't go anywhere. Because this is basically the director's cut of the first impeachment. Well, excuse me, of the second impeachment. Well, what if we reshow the footage in primetime and we bring in an ABC News reporter and we put some music underneath it? Okay, again, they spent today interviewing my former Fox colleague Chris Steyerwald about whether or not the 2020 election was stolen. They showed footage of Bill Barr, who said to the committee the same thing he said on the show. The fraud did not rise to the level— That Donald Trump was being told about by a very drunken and intoxicated Rudy Giuliani. Basically, the Democrats did make a lot of changes to how we vote in the run up to the 2020 election. They used COVID to get it done. There was ballot harvesting. There were drop boxes. We increased our reliance on mail-in voting. And a lot of prominent conservatives came on the show in the run up to the election and was like, hey, man, they're juicing turnout. This isn't good. OK, but it doesn't mean they stole the election on election night or any night thereafter. We don't actually have that proof. And as Bill Barr famously said on our show, OK, Trump was being told things that were completely out of line with what happened because a lot of guys like Rudy Giuliani were making money by telling him this. We're getting White House access by telling him this. And Trump was out there saying night in and night out, it was stolen, it's a fraud, it's nothing we've ever seen before. So again, I'm not here to exonerate Trump. He was saying things that shouldn't be said. But that doesn't mean he coordinated an attack on our democracy. It doesn't mean he had coordinated an attempt to overthrow our government. Nobody showed up with weapons. In the deadly white supremacist insurrection, the only person killed that day was an unarmed Trump supporter by the name of Ashley Babbitt who got shot in the throat by a Capitol cop. Now, you can bet everything you have that if an unarmed female Democratic protester got shot in the throat by a cop, we would be burning the country right now in response. But in this instance, you don't get a word about Ashley Babbitt, and this is why we can't have nice things. There's a really dangerous double standard in our country right now, and we're supposedly having this January 6th committee to prove that Donald Trump coordinated an attack on the Capitol. But we are 48 hours into these hearings now, and they haven't even presented a piece of evidence that there was even an attempt by him to coordinate these attacks, yet they're still carrying on with a straight face. I'm telling you, it's embarrassing stuff, man. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Thaler. Fired up to talk to this next guest, they gave him Bismarck Key for the play-on song. That's its high praise uh, let's hope it's appreciated. He is, of course, a superstar. Uh, he guy runs the Federalist. I mean, there is no higher praise than that. Sean Davis back on the show. Hey, man.
0: Hey, man. You got what I need.
4: <laughs> Dave, well, I was going to say, Davis. Can you, can you get with a Bismarcky intro? That's a big intro.
2: Oh, absolutely. So Love Bismarcky.
4: That a man. Well, let me tell you how this works on this show, just so I can deal you in on – a spectacular confluence of events that once happened on this very show. Okay, we have something called a rotator. And what that means is, I'll give, you know, Josh, the engineer, like, you know, 50 or 60 music beds, and you just rotate them, play them as we come in and out of break. It's stuff I like. So what the rotator does is, you know, just randomly pulls a song out of the hat for each guest. And one day, we were having, you know, Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley, who is in his late hundreds. Um, He came on, and oddly enough, the... Rotator played him um, It Takes Two by Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. Do you know that one? Has a little bit of an aggressive hip-hop beat? I don't know that one. Oh, you have no idea then. We almost have to play it for you by the end of the interview. Anyway, Grassley just completely, totally loses his... As he comes on, he's like, what the hell is this? What kind of show is this on? And anyway, he muscled through the interview, but I'm fairly confident he fired his press people. The point is, we can ascertain that you have not fired your press people. Not yet. (laughs) The interview is young. Uh, Well, I I I would imagine uh, you're down in D.C. You are as riveted as I am by these January 6th hearings. A little bit of a racket so far. I was told that it was going to prove that Trump coordinated the attacks. They didn't even talk about that today.
0: No, this thing has just been a total dud. And I, I get that they're super invested in their little Soviet style uh show trial. But I mean, just as is a is a you know, practitioner, as a connoisseur of completely ridiculous political theater, I've been really disappointed in the execution. I mean the whole primetime thing last week was a total dud. It was a complete snoozer. Uh, you know, the ratings fell fifty percent what they normally were. Uh, running it on the broadcast nets. its The thing has been a joke, and I don't even think they're into it anymore, which is what makes it really embarrassing.
4: It's weird because you're right. I was just playing a Rachel Maddow clip where Rachel Maddow, of all people, who is not exactly running the Donald Trump Defense Fund over on MSNBC when she, you know, the one month a week she works these days, but flat out said to a guest, you know, the, the the Trump rally that day was far from the Capitol. The people who breached the Capitol weren't even at the rally, and that there is a distinction here. But what's so fascinating is, you're right, like even the Jamie Raskins of the world, they're like, hey, do you have any, you have any proof that any of this went on? He's like, yeah, yeah, we'll get there. We've gotten to the point in the hearing where somebody has a really pretty girlfriend she just doesn't live around here have you noticed that
0: yeah yeah you wouldn't know her she's on vacation she lives <laughs> far away she's in a modeling shoot what do you mean yeah sean that's, davis? that's where the evidence is it's really awesome evidence but it totally goes to a different school you wouldn't know it
4: <laughs> it's so true we're talking to sean davis he's the co-founder and the ceo of the federalist reachable on twitter at sean m D- it is sean m dave d-a-v correct that is correct. I, just, I always forget, because I have you blocked. But uh, I kid, I kid, Sean <laughs> D.
0: You and everyone else.
4: <laughs> get him out of here. Well, it's, it's it was just, it was fascinating, because there's these two things, this, this wild juxtaposition going on in the press right now. Obviously, the focus of January 6th, political rhetoric leads to violence, but we did get a guy arrested outside of Brett Kavanaugh's house last week, who had every intent of committing all kinds of violence, and they pitched a legitimate shutout this weekend. He didn't get a word on the sunday shows now is there is there a world where let's say somebody showed up at justice sotomayor's house with a gun and a knife and said he was there to kill her is there a world where that doesn't get mentioned on the sunday shows
0: if you showed up at sotomayor's house with a sign that says i think you're a nice lady but i disagree with your politics (laughs) you would probably find yourself in gitmo within an hour
4: (laughs) They would, they would, they would authorize a bill to bring back waterboarding. No,
0: Ab- absolutely. I mean, that would just, you know, the gallows would be back instantly. How dare you, Maddow would be doing, you know, wall to wall coverage. Jim Acosta would be at the uh, nearby cardboard supplier to figure out who made the actual sign that was used to threaten her. It's just absurd, and the reason the left hasn't said a thing about it. Uh, quite honestly, and this may be disturbing for some people, is they're disappointed it didn't happen. There's there's no other conclusion. They want this. They want the justices terrified. They'll do anything to prevent uh, Roe from being overturned by the Dobbs case. And if uh, violence is what they require, so be it. That's why we haven't heard a peep from anyone up to and including the attorney general of the United States.
4: Which is so crazy because it's an attorney general who was after parents at school board meetings. Like, think about that. And the, and the dad that they went after in Virginia, if you remember, who really started this whole hullabaloo about de- designating parents as terrorists, was a guy who showed up to a school board pretty upset because his daughter was raped by a transgender student, and they didn't want to make a story and ban the student because it was the beginning of Pride Month. So the, I, I kind of feel like the dad was there on pretty solid parental grounds, no? No.
0: Yeah, you, you, if you put this in a, like a political novel is something that happens in your book, mm-hmm. your editors would laugh you like out of the writer's <laughs> it's, room. Like, it's, so it's so absurd. Mm-hmm. This guy's daughter is sexually assaulted at school. He goes to the school board to tell them about it. They arrest him, and then the attorney general of the United States brands him and anyone else who goes to school board meetings to complain about stuff. Domestic terrorists. But the guy in the woods with a knife and a gun ready to go ISIS Supreme Court justice to block a decision from coming out. uh, No joke. The U.S. attorney in the area put out a statement that said, oh, yeah, we totally are fine with people protesting at at their houses, even though that's actually against the law. There's a federal law prohibiting
4: that. It's crazy. And this is why we can't have nice things, Sean Davis. It really is. There's never been a dumber time to be alive than right now. By the way, I I wanted to bring this up. Biden, the Saudi Arabia thing. I don't know if you saw the clip, but the clip opens with him saying, I haven't decided whether or not I'm going, and it ends with him saying, I'm going, which is, you know, very Biden esque. But why the hell are we begging Saudi Arabia for oil knowing we have what we have here? Is there, is there, what am I missing?
0: Yeah, it's crazy to watch because it's, it's like going to your neighbor to beg them for a cup of sugar when you've got like a gallon sitting in your pantry. Uh, (laughs) it, It makes no sense at all. Unless you, you view this through the lens of Biden and the completely kooky uh, eco-left wanting to permanently destroy the capacity of U.S. to uh, extract, refine, and produce its own oil. Because that's, cool. that's what it looks like to me. The guy rolls in, immediately shuts down leases, uh, stops the Keystone XL pipeline. Um, He's crippled the U.S., uh, the domestic energy industry, and I think it's done purposefully uh, for the long term to force us into these uh, electric cars. And the reason he's going to Saudi Arabia and other stuff is that he needs a short-term political lift. So long term, he doesn't want us using oil, but short term, he's in trouble. So he'll go ask the Saudis for a solid to give us some oil to get him out of the – the hole he's dug himself
4: in. It's so insane. And in this instance, you're going to your neighbor's house for that cup of sugar, but the neighbor can't even hear you knocking on the door because he's killing a journalist in the living room. You know, it's bad. Uh, we're talking to
0: Sean. I hate Davis. it when that happens.
4: <laughs> not the worst, you know. These neighbors these days, Sean Davis. And I did see. I wanted to tack this one on too because we talked about this earlier in the show. So AOC won't endorse Biden in 2024. Not that I think the endorsement carries a ton of weight. Uh, but there's no world where he's running in 2024. Like that's what I wanted to ask you is like when do we end the charade that there's a, there's a chance that he's doing this again because it's not happening. So is this like him just trying to keep up? appearances so he doesn't become a lame duck president like why are we doing this
0: so i'm going to be super contrarian here okay and 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 the reason is that i witnessed what happened in 2020 there's no reason on earth they put should have put that vegetable on the ballot and yet they cleared the field in a completely corrupt and obviously orchestrated way Mm -hmm. to get him on there and they somehow win the election with all the mail and stuff I didn't think any of that was possible at the time, Mm -hmm. so why wouldn't they do it again if they could already, they already pulled it off, so why wouldn't they do it again?
4: Okay, well that, I do think that's a good, a good point. So I said this yesterday, I was on the big Sunday show, and I said that, you know, if he could run without running, like in a COVID atmosphere, because he didn't have to run in 2020, you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, there really were in the summer of 2020, I believe, more Bigfoot sightings than Biden sightings. They didn't have to come out much, and the media ran for him. So you're basically saying if we wind up in a situation where we get some spectacular variant or something like that, uh, and he can stay home, that's how they'd pull it off?
0: Oh, no, no, not even that far. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a media and every single major institution of power who's all in on keeping this regime in power like like they were in 2020, mm-hmm. what's to stop them? Like, okay. Why wouldn't they just run the same playbook again? You've already got the mail-in votes, so you can just kind of create those at will. You've got control of the media infrastructure. You've got all the corporations with you. Who says they need COVID to run the same playbook? That's that's my only point is I, I put nothing past these people in this next election because what they did in the last one worked.
4: Well, it is crazy. We're talking to Sean Davis, the co-founder, CEO of The Federalist, uh, an organization not only responsible for some of the finest journalism anywhere, but some of the best drinking in Washington, D.C. You know, I talked to Chris Bedford from time to time and I, you know, I talked to Molly. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> great, great. And we've, we've had this discussion at great length before, but have, are, have you encountered one organization that can drink with the Fed? Is there anybody out there? Because Reason Magazine, I know the Reason guys, they're all drunks. But I don't know that they, they can drink with the, with the prestige of the Federalists. That's my issue. Like, Reason's drinking well liquor. The Fed doesn't strike me as a well liquor crowd.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely uh, uh, getting the dregs off the, uh, the, the bar strainer there. But, I mean, <laughs> Bedford, he, he's our ringer. So, if you've got your fantasy team, he's your number one pick. Option or pick You Go to Bedford number one.
4: When it comes to drinking contests, Bedford's—you know, like every five years in the Little League World Series, there's that one kid who drives to the games because he's clearly 19 years old. That's Bedford. It would be we had a we had a guy Danny Almonte who uh, I, he was in the Lily World Series probably. Josh was that like ten years ago. Hey, I think he struck out like literally every batter he faced. And by the time the World Series was over, we found out he had like kids on the team. He was like a 29 year old guy with a union job, and uh, you know nobody likes a good ringer reference more than me. I think is the point here, Sean Davis. Uh, but the last thing before I let you go, uh, we do have as uh, the week plays out this week some red flag legislation coming our way, one way or the other. I feel, and again, you know, you're welcome to disagree, but I don't feel like I would trust this government to tell me who should and shouldn't be red flagged, given the double standards we've just outlined when it comes to political violence. So are the Republicans kind of doing the Democrats a solid here by playing ball on this one?
0: Yeah, they're a bunch of idiots and, and, and all 10 of them. It's it's no coincidence that not a single one of the 10 Republicans is running for reelection or is in cycle right now. Not a coincidence. And the idea that they would go along uh, with a party that invented a rape hoax against a Supreme Court justice to keep him off, that uh, threw up somebody named Michael Avenatti (laughs) as a potential contender for them, like it's so, it's utter madness. If they're going to go and say a dad at a school board meeting is a terrorist, nothing is going to stop them from calling your local uh, police department and and, and saying, hey, this person on the internet who disagreed with me about stuff, it's a terrorist, you need to take his guns. (laughs) Like, how stupid do you have to be to go along with that?
4: Oh, it's so sick and it's so true. And as it pertains to Avenatti, I don't know if you saw it, he's trying to get another plea deal now because he stole millions of dollars. You don't hear a lot about it. Like, I have these two montages I play on the show where they're calling him like a presidential hopeful, you know, he's the Trump's worst nightmare. You were the one who told me last time You know, when I asked you about the death of shame, I think your line was it was so dead it can it can vote Democrat in the next election. (laughs) But the Avenatti thing, would there ever be a world where they would acknowledge that they wouldn't, would they?
0: No, never. Brian Stelter's trying to forget the 5,000 times he had him on his show.
4: <laughs> it's so true. He's so embarrassed by him. Oh, it's so it's so true. But you want to know what's funny about that? I do believe, as bad as things are, I do believe Avenatti is disavowing more knowledge of Stelter than Stelter is of Avenatti. That's true. 100%. Uh, Sean Davis, you are more than just a friend. Don't ever take Bismarck. He's word for it. I love talking to you, buddy. Be well.
0: Thank you, sir. Take
4: care. You too. There he goes, the great Sean Davis. Uh, Sean Davis and the fellas over at The Federalist, they can write and drink with anybody in Washington, D.C. But they come off a lot. uh, When you hear them on this show, if you were listening to me for the first time, you'd be like, wow, these guys are pretty right wing. They're not that right wing as so much as they are pro-America. There's a lot of things going on in this country right now like things we just outlined. A dad shows up to a school board meeting after his daughter gets sexually assaulted. He wants to discuss the fact that the school, rather than expelling the student, transferred him because they didn't want to upset Pride Month festivities. Now listen, this is not an anti-Pride Month commentary. This is an anti letting a guy who sexually assaulted a girl continue to attend school where he wound up sexually assaulting another girl. That's what we're anti. And ultimately the Justice Department designated that guy as a terrorist. But they haven't discussed the Attorney General, a guy showing up to Kavanaugh's house openly saying to the cops he's there to kill him. And those double standards are bad if you're a Democrat too. It's like you're not not any, you know, you're, you're just as less safe as I am is what the point I'm trying to make. There's a lot of things going on in this country right now, okay, that are bad for all of us that's what i mean and unfortunately the way we do politics in this day and age it's so much more important to beat our opponents than it is to beat the issue we're facing and that's why we've gotten to this place where everything is just as screwed up as it is
3: what can i tell you kid you're right when you're right you're right you're right it's the number one children's show in the country he's a lot better at radio than he is being a dad Oh, snap. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
4: It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. And i am got to stop the program here for a second and give a shout-out to a Fox Across America superfan, Caitlin Michael. Caitlin had a birthday over the weekend. Well, kind of best pal she listens to the show all the time she watches me on the television we wanted to put her on the air right now and have me formally wish her a happy birthday. But Caitlin's doing a little bit of day drinking. Uh, and I don't know that Caitlin is in any capacity to come on the air.
3: This could be a problem.
4: Yeah, a big one. You know, if she doesn't get past Mikey, Mikey will put anybody on the air. <laughs> Mikey, me. Guy could call up and be like, I'm going to blow up the studio. Mikey's like, can you hold one second? Jimmy will be right with you. There's no We play no defense, okay? This is like the southern border. Of call screenings. Anybody's welcome. But in this instance, Caitlin, uh, we're playing a little defense, but we are wishing you the happiest birthday, allowable by law. And if it somehow gets beyond the law, I do know a lot of attorneys here at Fox will just flash the bat signal. You can message me on Facebook. Kenny has passed. He has passed the screening process, the strict screening procedures to get on the line here. And he joins us now from Southern California. Kenny! Hey, Jimmy. My hey, man. Jimmy. How are you doing? I'm good, buddy. You know, by the way, really quick, I know you got a lot on your mind. My family... Uh, will be in Southern California. I'm hosting Fox News' 4th of July special from the Santa Monica Pier. Are you going to be out there?
5: I'll try. I'm in a wheelchair right now, okay. so it's kind of hard to get around.
4: Okay. Well, if you're anywhere— uh, But if you're... to
5: get with the gas prices the way they are, I guess it's <laughs> a good thing. Yeah, we're just going to say yeah, your yes, wheelchair is better than me. my car right now, pal. Uh, oh, yeah, but, but, it's the it's, it's, it's orange. It's Yeah, I was
4: going to say, it's a mess. But I think your point was that you don't think the Republicans can do a lot even if they take back
5: control, right? Well, yeah, I'm wondering uh, – I mean they can stop the Dems from doing things, but everything has got to go past Biden, and yeah. he's going to shut down anything they try to do. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a moot, kind of a moot point as far as – Are they going to be able to do anything other than stop the Democrats from.
4: But that's not nothing. That's not nothing. You know, the old adage like defense wins champions championships.
3: That's that's
4: true. We need some defense right now just to stop this runaway bad spending machine. But, Kenny, epic call. Uh, We're coming up against a commercial break, but we'll do it again soon, brother.
3: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
4: Oh, yes, it sure is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy-top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up to bring you an embarrassment of radio riches in this hour. Joe Concha. Media reporter at The Hill, a guy who has been calling balls and strikes on the January 6th hearing, is stopping by to throw the challenge flag because there were some wild claims being made this morning. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. He's a passionate man. Plus, Chris Bedford will be here as well, senior editor over at The Federalist. Your fine self, also welcome at 888-788-9910. You know the rules on the show, but some of you are new to the party, so we'll lay them out for you one more time. Fox Across America is an all-skate. Everybody is welcome on the dance floor. Just come on out. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. You could be an Independent. You could have voted for Kanye like I did. All I ask is that you don't be a (laughs) That is all. We're making history today really quickly. A couple of quick programming announcements. If you want to watch me on TV tonight, I will be on Kennedy at 740. 7.40 Eastern Standard Time on the Fox Business Channel. And then again at 11 p.m. tonight, I will be on Gutfeld with the legendary Dana Perino in for Greg. She is hosting tonight at 11 p.m. You can watch me on Gutfeld as well. But right now we're doing TV. We're doing radio. uh, And we're doing it for the first time ever on two fantastic news stations. So another shout out to the legendary WBVP. Uh, out in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, and of course, WNBA in Ambridge, Pennsylvania as well. Those call letters being 1230 a.m., And 99.3 FM, 1460 AM and 95.7 FM. So if you're in that area, if you're at the Polish Falcons Club with my Uncle Sam drinking Boilermakers, hola, good to have you on board. This is kind of a big deal. I'm going to try not to get emotional, but uh, I'm in a bad place emotionally because we got more disgusting race baiting coming from the left over the weekend. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. A lot of people feel that way, but in this particular moment. It's very frustrating cuz we got to a place in this country right now where a lot of people especially if they are on the left and again I don't care I'm a I'm you know I'm a talk show host. I'm not an activist. I don't care how you vote. It's just not my gig. And I shouldn't be in charge. I'm a 44-year-old man who plays video games. There's no world where I should be in charge of our democracy.
0: I admire your honesty.
4: Okay, but the thing with the race baiting, and this goes all the way back to, you know, voter suppression claims by Joe Biden and even Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams is fully If you remember, they moved the Major League All-Star game last summer. They moved it because Georgia— And their new uh, early voting law uh, demanded voter ID, something that was supported by over 80 percent of the American public, including 77 percent of the black community. Why did they support voter ID laws? Because it would be insulting to any group of people to assert that they weren't capable of getting an ID, mainly because you can't participate – In the world, if you can't get an ID, you can't open a bank account, can't drive a car, can't rent a car, you can't board a plane. This is a Dr. Seuss book. You can't go on a train, can't go on a boat, you can't hang out with a goat. You can't do anything. You need an ID. Okay, if you want to get vaccinated, you need an ID. There's nobody participating in polite society that doesn't have ID. But they told us that Georgia's early voting law was suppressing the vote. And what did we find out so far in this early voting since it began down in the Peach State? Early voting since they passed a voter ID law is up 220 percent.
2: Oh,
3: wow.
4: But you understand over the same law, which, by the way, allows for 17 days of early voting. You get to vote for 17 days in Georgia before the actual election. Joe Biden, the guy who said that that was Jim Crow on steroids. Do you remember that? Said it was Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in Georgia.
5: This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia and 40 other states. Yo, man, Jim Crow.
4: It's one of the darkest periods in the history of our nation. And it's so insulting to not only the victims, but the people who fought, protested, got killed, got arrested. Got their heads kicked in to integrate schools and to end Jim Crow, okay, to grant equal opportunity to people in this country. That was the end result of a civil rights movement, a heroic movement at that, and you really denigrate the achievement of that, the integration of our society. When you say that asking someone to show a driver's license is the same as burning down their house or attacking them with a mob or dogs or charging them a a poll tax or a literacy clause or a grandfather clause. Jim Crow was designed to suppress the vote. What voter ID laws are designed to do is to ascertain that the vote is valid and legal. When you're right, you're right. and You're right. But they gaslit the country along racial lines. And it's really toxic because we live in an era where people's emotions are their facts. If you tell people something's racist and bad, okay, and they believe it emotionally, yes, they're going to act out. They're going to be angry. I'd be angry, too. Who could possibly condone racism? Okay, but the problem is ninety nine times out of a hundred, when they're saying something is racist, it's not because they believe it is. It's because they believe saying so will help them politically.
3: Correct the mundo. So
4: here's Jamal Bowman, who's just he's a dopey guy. He's on MSNBC over the weekend. And he's flat out saying with a straight face that black lives are hanging in the balance if the GOP wins the midterms. Because the GOP, you know, with Tim Scott, the first black American ever to serve in both houses of Congress, apparently his party doesn't like black people, you know. With Byron Donalds, who was on the show with me last, thir- uh, last Wednesday, superstar congressman from the great state of Florida, who comes on my song and quotes Biggie Smalls lyrics all the time. Apparently, he really hates black people. That's what they want you to believe, is that the Republicans are against minority voters. Democrats are so full of crap. It would seem that way. But here is Jamal Bowman trying to tell us with a straight face That the GOP is pushing for a civil war and we need to vote against them in the midterms. Do you understand why this is happening? Really quick. okay? inflation's at a 40-year high right now. Okay, we've never paid more for goods than we do right now. Okay, gas is at an all-time high. We've never paid more for gas than we do right now. Okay, the border. Illegal border crossings are at an all-time high. We have a record level of fentanyl overdose deaths. 107,000 Americans have died this year after being poisoned by the illegal fentanyl coming across our border. We're in a really bad spot right now. So if you're a Democrat running for re-election, if you're trying to push your party in the midterms, you really can't run on your record. You can't get out there and be like, vote for us and we'll make it even more expensive. Crime will be higher. Gas will be worse. We'll be walking everywhere. Think how skinny you'll get. You give us another four years, you'll be so broke, you won't be able to drive. Like, you really can't run on that. So they're running on a lot of pretend racism. And again, I'm not out there telling you it doesn't exist. I'm just telling you that this claim is absurd on its face. It's clip 21.
3: It would also embolden uh, Republicans and the far right and white nationalists across the country to begin to believe that it
2: is their time to not just take power in the House, but the Senate, the White House, and state houses across the country. And we got to understand that this is a group that has been radicalized by the great replacement myth and many other things and have been pushing for violence and pushing for even civil war. So that is what's at stake right now in terms of this election. Our democracy is hanging by a thread, and black and brown people, our lives are in the balance if
4: these people come back into power.
1: What would you do with the brain if you
4: had one? We're living like flat out in a death of shame. okay? one of the reasons that the Democratic Party is losing double digit support with black voters. okay? Biden is polling with Latino voters. He's at 26 percent with black voters. He's still polling high, but he was in the 80s at the time he got elected. He's now in the low 60s. He's now in the low 60s. Despite such an entitlement to black support, he once told the black community it's not even their choice anymore.
2: You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump
4: and you ain't black. But the reason that he's hemorrhaging support in these communities is because he's treating them, okay, not as if they are equals. But as if they are some infantilized class of people who can't get an ID, who nobody likes, who everybody's out to get. If you're a black listener listening to the show, white America loves you, okay? Asian America, everybody does, okay? We're a fully integrated society. I'm not telling you there aren't some jackasses out there, okay, who aren't racist. But the vast, vast, vast majority of this country is so far beyond race because racism is a byproduct of ignorance, You hate things you don't understand. You fear things you don't know about. We've integrated society on such an overwhelming level that everybody just sees each other as people for the most part, okay? No race has the monopoly on good or bad, smart or stupid, happy or sad, or anything in between. But the problem is Biden again and again and again keeps treating black people like black people instead of just people, you know? Uh, You know, same problem he's having with Latinos. He keeps telling them they're oppressed instead of prioritizing the issues that are affecting all people. Inflation affects everybody. If stuff costs more than it has in 40 years, doesn't matter what color you are, you don't get a pass. Same goes for gas, same goes for the border, same goes for crime. But rather than focusing on solving problems, they're creating pretend problems. Because it's much easier to run on fake racism than it is to run on their real record.
2: Are you tired of losing political debates because your party doesn't have any good ideas? I had the same problem until I got racism the democrat prescription that reduces every single issue to race problems i'm kamala harris and i approve this message using racism can make you feel like a good person even if you're patently terrible.
3: I have some skeletons in my closet that I need to cover up so that I can get elected.
2: And with no basis in fact, personal attacks have never been easier. Whether you're slandering an ex-president. I don't think they like me very much. Or even a dead children's author. Mom, they canceled Dr. Seuss. So don't waste your time finding solutions to real problems. Create pretend problems. It's not enough to say I'm not a
3: racist in America. I need to be anti-racist.
2: Warning. A percentage of Democrats who used racism experienced limited grasp of facts and were prone to blurting out racist things themselves. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Ask your government-provided doctor about racism today. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black.
3: This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
4: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're a little iffy about booking this next guest. We love the guy. But the challenge here is it's business hours, which means there's a very good chance he might have been at a bar. But uh, he joins us now from the payphone out front. Chris Bedford, senior editor at The Federalist. He is back on the show. Hey, man.
5: I am, I'm holding off to the bar because I got some live music tonight at my next door pub. Is I'm that not tr- holding out for that.
4: Is that true? Uh, yeah. We, you're the only radio guest who's like, I can't come on yet. I still have some songs on the jukebox. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just queued up Blondie. I can't come in yet. Debbie Harry's about to start singing. Uh, Bedford, let me ask you this. Okay. I, I Listen, I consider you as good of an arbiter as there are when it comes to our politics. And I do believe you are like myself and that you root for the country harder than you root for your party. Uh, but did you watch January 6th and the, the committee at all this week and feel like your country was winning?
5: No, I, I watched it and I, I felt bored to tears. I couldn't believe what I was watching last week. And, and to think as we wrapped up last week that that was the most explosive content that they were yes! likely going to have. Yes. And think, wait, that that was it? Because, I mean, the next couple of days, I sure hope you aren't saving anything. And today I was watching it before lunch and during and after. And holy smokes, it's, it lacks it, – it's the most unconvincing television I think I might have ever seen politically uh, anywhere near the level of coverage that it's getting.
4: That's the thing I'm blown away by is that – you know, these are a people that leak everything, meaning whether it's true or not, it gets leaked, it gets reported as true for three days, and then we find out it's false but never even discuss the fact that it happened. I mean, that was the Mueller probe, you know, that death by a thousand cut scenario where every one of the cuts proved not to be real. But. In this instance, if they had a bombshell, I was going to say it has to have at least made day one or day two. You know, at this point, we're now day three watching watching the footage from the golf channel that wasn't exciting enough to make the regular channel. You know,
5: <laughs> that's insulting to golf. <laughs> at least you can smoke a cigar at golf and have a drink. But when I, yeah, I'm watching this, and I'm and it, today especially, especially was was particularly annoying to me because we're seeing this coverage of well, how could you have? possibly entertained this theory? How could you have entertained this theory? The accusation seems to be from the Democratic Party that these things are all conspiracy theories. How dare anybody even pursue them? Now, this is just weeks after we found out that Hillary Clinton actually signed off on the Russia hoax, the Russia collusion hoax. And we found out that the level of Democratic involvement in trying to overthrow Trump's 2016 election, or at least to hamstring it, so now now them to come on as some kind of arbiters of truth, WITH NO OTHER ACTUAL OPPOSITION PARTY TO EVEN PUSH BACK, ALLOWED it TO SPEAK THERE, TO COME ON AND SAY, LOOK AT THESE CONSPIRACY THEORIES, LOOK AT THESE IDEAS, HOW DARE YOU, IT'S AN ATTACK ON OUR DEMOCRACY. Well, it's hard to believe any
4: of it. It's tough. We're talking to the legendary Chris Bedford from The Federalist, if you're just joining us. And yes, like yourself, I was a little bit underwhelmed. The other thing I was underwhelmed by, uh, the media coverage yesterday as it pertains to the attack at Brett Kavanaugh's house, or at least the potential attack at Brett Kavanaugh's house, I sometimes feel like there would have been more coverage if this was a liberal justice.
5: (laughs) I think it would have been massive. And I was happy to see the Washington Post editorial board come out and say, this is completely out of line. What are we doing? But it's shocking how few others have. Mm -hmm. Uh, I understand that we live in a pretty crazy time. The wacky things happen a lot. The political violence has really been on the uptick. But this, what what we're seeing attacking the justices actually even stands out in today's times. And I'm worried that too many people aren't even noticing because of all the the noise, the white noise around them. But to have a decision, a Supreme Court decision leaked intentionally by a clerk or a justice to try and undermine and cause this firestorm and change a decision, then to have over a dozen – uh, uh, Christian charities out there that just try to help single mothers and struggling young parents raise their children have them be firebombed and have them be vandalized in the country over the last few weeks. To have a justice have uh, have a, a, a murderer, a potential murderer, wannabe murderer travel cross state lines with a, with weapons and, and zip ties to attack a justice and the family in their home and attempt to change his decision, and the entire time along the way. To have the White House spokespeople coming out and saying, well, we, we, just, we don't want to get involved with this. There's nothing, for, there's nothing to see here. To have them come out like that, to have the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, say, well, the justices are under no threats. We're, not, we're going to slow-walk legislation to protect them. That's really different from anything we've seen before. That's, that's even different from the tolerance that we saw for, uh, for the 2020 riots in the Democratic Party because this is an actually targeted political movement against individual people, against Christian charities. Trying to change a Supreme Court ruling, I I think folks are missing just how orchestrated this effort is, just how violent it is, and just how abnormal it is.
4: Yeah, it's bad. I mean, but I'm of two minds, okay, because I'm obviously against it. And as you said, it should never happen, nor should it be condoned. But at the same time, if you've seen some of the video footage, a lot of these people do need the exercise of marching. You know what I'm saying? (laughs)
5: <laughs> the uh the the, the pro abortion rallies are truly ugly things and if this if the if the idea of protest is to convince people or to sway people or to show another point of view then they're doing the exact opposite of that the the, the to look at the the vitriol to read the signs to see the clothing to see the the human beings themselves who are screaming and shrieking these things you might, you might you might have gone to an ab- a pro-abortion protest thinking, well, this is about choice. And you come away thinking, wow, that actually was kind of satanic. It's exactly <laughs> what people have been saying. As it turns out, I didn't believe it, but now I do.
4: So does that mean you won't be taking toddlers to a drag show this weekend?
5: I don't think so, at least not in Florida.
4: <laughs> That's too funny, man. Dude, there's never been a dumber time to be alive. And I, I, I br- honestly, I bring you on because I always try to be self-aware and ask myself, like, am I the crazy person? And the fact that you're willing to co-sign that I'm not, or at least not for these reasons, means a lot, Bedford. I just want to say that before <laughs> I lose you. Um, we'll do it again soon, brother. Give my best to the bar, okay?
5: Thank you. we will see you soon.
4: You too. There he goes. The great Chris Bedford, there we go, back after this with a big report on Fox Across America. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up to talk to this next guest. We're in two new radio stations today, if you're just joining us. We are broadcasting out in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania and Ambridge, Pennsylvania for the first time in history. They are, of course, fine, fabulous suburbs of the great city of Pittsburgh. My whole family on my mother's side originates in Ambridge, Pennsylvania. My Uncle Sam and the Polish Falcons. And, of course, back here in New York, all the Jets fans love Beaver Falls because it's the home of Joe Willie Namath, the last quarterback under center when the Jets won a Super Bowl. Now, joining me now to add to this fun fact and mirth, because it's it's launch day on two new stations, you got to bring in the heavy hitters. And we did. We have paid his exorbitant appearance fee. And he joins <laughs> us now, Fox News contributor, multimedia matinee idol Joe Concha is
1: here hey man do you know Jimmy that I was named after Joe Namath no is that true yeah so uh, my first name is Joseph my middle name is William otherwise known as Joe Willie so I guess my parents were like wow let's name him after the drunken, gambling, womanizing (laughs) quarterback of the Jets.
4: (laughs) Well, that explains all the fur coats you
1: walk around. Yes, that's true on the sidelines when I played football. Well, You're you're making a great
4: reference, okay? And some people might not know the reference. Of course, my whole control room does, but Joe Namath once famously on Monday Night Football when he was being honored at a Jet game, uh, he was being interviewed by Susie Colbert. He was hammered. And they were going to the halftime show, and as she interviewed him walking off the field, he goes, like, you're really gorgeous. Can I kiss you on the mouth? I want to kiss you. <laughs> oh, gosh. And I got to tell you, he really timed that right because that was a pre me too world.
2: Yeah.
4: I mean, he's five years later on Joe Namath. That challenge flag gets thrown and it doesn't end good for our guy.
1: <laughs> Probably not. You wouldn't see him on Fox every other minute. No, it wouldn't have held Without up. the, the Medicare headline, uh, hotline. Yeah, right. yeah,
4: the instant replay would have been a little bit of an issue for Joe Willie. But of course, we are here today to salute the fine folks of Beaver Falls. And my family really is from Ambridge, Concha. I had a lot of. This is a funny story you'd appreciate. Um, I grew up. Po- I'm half Polish, half Sicilian. Okay. That's my mother's side's Polish. My dad's side Sicilian. Uh, as the old story goes, I once had an uncle who put out a hit on himself. Oh. Good night, everybody. All right. <laughs> there it is. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> cool. grow, growing up on Long Island, uh, yeah. we told a lot. We were Polish, so we told Polish jokes about ourselves. We made fun of ourselves. And uh, when we got to the Polish Falcons Club for the first time, we almost got our asses kicked because my uncle Sonny showed up telling Polish jokes like they liked him as much as we did. And, uh, you know, these are real hardcore dudes. They fought in the war. They drink Boilermakers before they go to work at the factory. Nice. They're drinking iron. In City light with their eggs in the morning. Yes. These are good people. These are real Americans. But you don't want to offend those guys because they'll rip you in half. You know what I'm saying?
1: I hear what you're saying. Yes. I, so my I'm, f- favorite line of all time mm-hmm. in uh, the Naked Gun. Mm. Right? It's Priscilla uh, Presley uh, getting uh, something out of like an attic. Uh-huh. Oh, actually, it was a stuffed beaver. And then of course, uh, <laughs> there's Leslie Nielsen looking up. It's a nice beaver. Thanks. I just had it stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever my, i whenever never hear Beaver. That's what I always think of. Nice that's funny. Beaver. Well, it's yes. one of the.
4: That's my Naked Gun, by the way. One of my favorite movies of all time. One of my favorite because Leslie Nielsen's like the greatest deadpan actor ever, and I love when George Kennedy. He goes, uh, "Well, what would Nordberg want in a shady red light district like that?" And he goes, "Sex, Frank." Well, not now, Ed. We've got work to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's so stupid. And Nordberg is O.J. So this is pre-killing uh, O.J., and uh, he, I think he carried those three movies, to be honest with you. Thank
4: you. And uh, Mr. Simpson unavailable today because he's, of course, trying to find the real killers. Yes. But, uh, we will continue to reach back for comment. <laughs> uh, Joe Conch is on the line if you just joined us. Uh, we're having a grown-up talk about everything going on in this country. As a guy who is a media reporter, yes. okay, who calls balls and strikes. I try. I uh, try. A little bit of a – of just a bit outside, if you will, to borrow from Major League parlance for the media not to acknowledge the potential attack at Brett Kavanaugh's house. No?
1: I just wrote a column on this. It will be up, I think, tomorrow on TheHill.com. Boom. And – you, you're going to tell me that if Justice Sotomayor or Justice Kagan, right, mm-hmm. or Ketanji Brown-Jackson, if an attempt was made on their lives, and this person that tried to do this, he's charged with attempted murder. Yeah. This is, and, and I see, like, you know, the, the, the usual other media reporters uh, on on Twitter, like, mocking it. Like, oh, he called 911 on himself. He wasn't actually going to do anything. I, I think when you live in a country where th- just this past weekend, Jimmy, we had 11 mass shootings, mm-hmm. uh, and the, the, the temperature of the country now is such where you could be a bunch of Republicans practicing for a baseball game in Virginia Mm -hmm. and then get shot at and nearly killed like Steve Scalise. This is very serious. And and remember, if you take out a Supreme Court justice, let's say Kavanaugh was killed, then Joe Biden gets to nominate a liberal justice to replace him. And you think that wouldn't tear the country apart completely? Of course. So this was a serious thing. And the fact that the New York friggin' Times carried this on not page A1, A10, but A20 the next day. And then all the Sunday talk shows, NBCC CBS, ABC, CNN, only Fox covered this. Those guys didn't even mention it once, nor did the president of the United States when, when he was on with Jimmy Kimmel for that 24-minute uh, foot rub last week. Couldn't even condemn it. It's just unbelievable to me that that this story didn't get coverage because, oh, it's Kavanaugh, he's conservative, and he liked beer once. Uh, you know, he deserves <laughs> it. Oh.
4: Uh, Joe Conch is on the line, and he is not going to pay a lot for this muffler. Not going <laughs> to.
1: Remember that. Uh,
4: good commercial. That was like Midas or something like that. Midas or Meineke. I'm not going to pay a lot for this muffler. No, I'm with you. I, I feel the same way. But in this instance, we are paying a lot for this muffler because we're paying with our integrity. And like you said, it it is to the detriment of the whole country that there's a double standard on political violence. And I think that's the issue a lot of people have with January 6th is there's nobody on the right being like, yeah, it was good. No, nobody's saying that. You know what I'm saying? We all condemned it. Of course. Uh, we just haven't co-signed what they're trying to retrofit fitted as, which was an armed attempt to overthrow the government. It wasn't that. It was a lot of things, none of them good, yeah. but it wasn't that. Now, do you get the feeling, this is what the question I was going to ask, is we have kind of have like two duds for hearings right now. We were told there's this bombshell, te- you know, it's not there. Like, if they had some type of goods that said Trump coordinated this thing and that's why it went down, yeah. I don't feel like that's day three material. I feel like that's, that's the opener, no?
1: In primetime, right? Yeah. So you only get a f- Uh, one chance to make a first impression and i'm watching this and i'm even watching uh, a former uh, fox guy uh, on there um yeah styerwald and uh the the first question he gets is who won the presidential election in 2020 Mm -hmm. and the answer is joseph robinett biden senior and it's like are you putting on a show here man or are you here to actually exercise kind of right and i I, I'm, i'm watching like you are and all it is is it's the impeachment all over again. Remember, Trump yeah. was impeached over this, right? Mm-hmm. And the fact that people compare it to Watergate in those hearings. No, because Nixon was still in office, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Trump's not. So all I'm getting is a replay of a movie of a day, January 6th, that I've said on radio, that I've said on television. Horrible day. Riot completely out of control. If you heard a police officer that day, you deserve to have the book thrown at you and then some. But no, I, I don't think that this whole thing with an insurrection and, well, we're trying to, you know, there are people there that were trying to, um, you know, overturn the election. That was never going to happen, right? So I I just – it's to distract from inflation, crime – The border, education, safety in schools—you name uh, it—all these things that uh, obviously are not going well for the Democratic Party. And I think in two weeks, when this thing's over, it's going to be forgotten. It really will.
4: Oh, it's so true, and that's what we're watching, Concha. This is the director's cut of the impeachment trial. Right, (laughs) just getting it with new footage. Oh, look at this angle. Here's a new angle now. They should call
1: it the Death of Shame. That would be a good title. Oh, Concha,
4: I keep saying it. It's so funny, but we are—we're living—we're living (laughs) living in the Death of Shame. Well, it's funny, like it's totally off, 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 like uh, off. The beaten path here in this conversation, but I was making death of shame comments earlier because what they're basically trying to do with January 6th is say, well, if, you know, white supremacy's on the rise and, you know, this is why we can't put these people back in power. Jamal Bowman said that black lives are hanging in the balance if Republicans win the midterms. Uh Now, again, we're talking about the death of shame because that's to say that, oh, I don't know, Tim Scott or Byron Donald's, they're out to get black America as black (laughs) Americans.
1: Like it's confusing, is what I'm saying. Well, it's like after the Virginia governor's race last year, right? And they mm-hmm. said white supremacists put Glenn Youngkin in the governor's mansion <laughs> in Virginia, uh, forgetting that his lieutenant governor is, you know, black. Winston uh, win Sears, right? Yep. And the AG uh, was was Latino. So yeah, that that's what white supremacists are doing now. They're equal opportunity. They 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 will elect black people and put them in there as long as they're the right black people, I guess, is the argument. I I I, I the racism thing has lost. It used to mean something when you would call somebody racist or you would call a certain uh, group of supporters racist, right? When the Tea Party were hit with, with that, mm-hmm. you know, it had some impact, right? Yeah. Uh, now it, the, it's so watered down. People say it, and it's like saying the word it and or but. Like it's it's that common now where it doesn't have any impact anymore, Jimmy.
4: It's almost become funny where people are like, do me, do me. You know, <laughs> give me give – me, come on, give me one. It's like – you remember the, there used to be guys in front of Port Authority – uh, who would just call anybody who walked down the street a cracker or a racist or anything like that. I remember. Yeah, and if you lived in New York, you used to go out of your way to pass them just to hear what they'd say about you. <laughs> That's where we are in political discourse now. Oh, no, give me, what do you say? Can you, can you do my wife? She's here. Say something about her. It's crazy,
1: Joe Connor. The low point in my life was when I was living at home with my parents. It's right after college. I'm, I'm working in the city for Time Warner, and I had to take the bus home uh, every, every day, you know, and take it in every day. And sometimes, you know, the bus would be delayed or it would be this insanely long. Line mm-hmm. where you're just like, I'm just going to grab a beer. Mm-hmm. And, and the low point is when you're drinking at the Port Authority. That's when you know <laughs> no one's happy. The, the, Everybody's the, ugly. <laughs> person after person.
4: Oh, the, the Port Authority has got loaded with all kinds of hobbits and malfeasance and all kinds of wild stuff. But my favorite thing about the Port Authority back from my cab driving days is you might go to get a beer and you'd see the guy who's driving your bus online to buy one too.
1: Oh! <laughs> like, what's going on here? Yeah, that, that might be a problem, right? A, a, <gasps> Uh, bus is hard to drive. I've never driven one of you.
4: The, uh, no, I don't have that kind of chops. They, they restricted me after my, you know, my exploits in the Ford Crown Victoria. Uh, I spent driving that yellow cab. But uh, it's a funny story. Mike Vecchione, who's a funny comic, uh, also from the Pennsylvania area, has a great line about the Bolt bus. He goes, yeah, I was, you know, making small talk with the driver on the Bolt bus. I go, what did you do before this? He goes, oh, I used to haul trash. And he goes, you still do. <laughs> uh, That's a rough one.
1: And now, are yellow cab drivers? They seem almost, in, you know, extinct. I, I, I you no, know, walk around the city us. today, and yeah, they're not. You don't see them anymore.
4: No, what happened was this is the scam of Uber and Lyft. It didn't create more more passengers. It created more drivers. Oh. So so guys that were driving full time that bought a medallion for a million bucks. So the value of that medallion go down to like seventy three fifty. You know what wow. I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, there were that many more passengers. You know, just hailing things on apps instead of street hails. So there's not as many yellows. Not even close. Plus, it, it costs a lot of money. Like you either got to buy a medallion. And when I was renting a cab back in the day, it was costing me three grand a month. Uber lets you use your own car. If I was paying three grand a month, I could be picking you up in a Ferrari, Joe Concha.
1: You probably could. Uh, Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, meanwhile, I just got this email, Mm -hmm. just speaking of traveling. So I'm invited to go on this, uh, the Media Research Center, right? They get Mm -hmm. uh, quoted on Fox sometimes, their studies and so on. They're like, oh, we'd love to have you on uh, a cruise. Mm -hmm. And the cruise goes to Venice, Italy, uh, two places in Croatia, then Naples, Portofino, uh, and, and then Rome to end. And it's all free. Should I go?
4: I mean, if, if that's where it's free. I mean, it sounds great, but it sounds – this is the kind of thing where – you know what I mean? This is like laser eye surgery for 50 bucks, and then you get there, and the doctor's cross-eyed – uh, you know what I mean? I'm waiting for the catch. You know what I'm saying?
1: I guess I just have to like hobnob with some people. But Charlie Hurt's going, and he's got good hair. Jason Chaffetz, all right. All the oh. fox people there—they're not yeah, dumb people, right?
4: Charlie Hurt knows his way around perks, so he there does. might be some perks here. Chaffetz, okay. Chaffetz, Chaffetz, a former member of Congress, he knows the—he knows a good perk when he sees one. Yeah, Concha, this sounds like you, you got to do this.
1: I saw him at a party recently, and you know his wife was there, and mm-hmm. um, he said something along the lines like, "Well, you know, we grew up around the same time." And I said, "No, you're definitely younger than me. I thought he was like 41, 42. That guy's fifty-seven. He's like Tom. He's like the Tom Shaffetz Cruise of Fox." is
4: fifty-seven. Yeah. Yo, there. With that, you want to know? That's that's bananas. You know what that is? That's that's hanging out in the Mormon state that doesn't drink. You think? Yes, of course that's why he's in such good shape. If he was hanging out with us and he was 57, he would look 94.
1: <laughs> that's a great point. So what's Tom Cruise's secret? I mean, oh, well. That is it lotion?
4: Was, you know, one of the makeup girls was telling me she watched Top Gun Maverick. Just She spent the whole movie looking for the incision points from the plastic surgery oh. and like couldn't find it. You know those cop movies where they throw the cop off the force, they take his badge, but he keeps working on the case? Yeah. She's home right now. She's convinced that she's going to figure <laughs> out where he got the plastic surgery. Wow. Oh, yeah, this... the makeup team ain't buying it. But it was was a good movie. Did you watch it?
1: I I, I have not, which is amazing. Uh, But it's – look, with sequels, they usually come out, you know, two, three years later, right? You try to strike when the iron's hot. In this case, this is like Karate Kid, you know, Cobra Kai, where you're 35, 36 years later, and the guy almost looks no different. I mean – it's bizarre stuff. And, and same thing with, C- with Cobra Kai. Like, mm-hmm. da- Daniel, you could tell, is had work. But, but whoever plays Johnny, looks, he looks basically the same. And they're in their late 50s. So I think there's hope for us, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs>
4: there's, there's hope. Or maybe somewhere on that cruise you can find a halfway decent plastic surgeon. Yes. Because if we have to cop to Jason Chaffetz's lifestyle, we're not going to look that way at 57. I'm just telling you right now. We're not oh. capable. Uh, Joe Concha, epic. And to bring it full circle, you say the sequel and this and that. The sequel... The January sixth, uh, the impeachment anyway has been a big flop, has it not?
1: It has, and people are touting this twenty million number, right? Twenty mm-hmm. million people turned on Thursday. Yeah, when every network carries something, mm-hmm. right? You're eventually going to get to that number. Yes. And, and just put it in perspective: when when every network carried Biden's State of the Union address, mm-hmm. okay, that got nearly forty million. Yeah. So this is getting half that audience, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Fox gets killed for oh, you're not covering it. Do you think anybody really cares when a game's on, whether it's on ESPN or ESPN two? No. So this whole thing Fox didn't cover it, yes we did. We just happened to have two channels. Come and we, we and we, we, we put on another perspective on that time. If you wanted to watch it live, you had that option. If you didn't if you wanted to watch Tucker or or, or Sean or Laura's uh, point of view on it, you got that. And I I love how these people are so hostile to Fox News are telling us how to program the network. Yep. You know? Yeah, it's we'll a, take advice from you.
4: Morons. It's a good story. And basically what Joe Concha is saying is <laughs> can't handle the truth we wanted a few good men we settled for one joke Concha. Oh, you're the best great.
1: you want me on that wall you need <laughs> me on that wall there he goes the pe- go ahead real uh, quick who's gonna do it you you lieutenant weinberg and weinberg's like what are you talking to me for <laughs> I, I got nothing to do with this <laughs> i got nothing to do with
4: this uh, <laughs> concha the go. best we'll do it again soon be well brother. man, man. Bye bye.
3: A show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He's a
5: good looking Italian.
2: From the makers of Top Gun Maverick comes the spinoff that's taking down the country. Introducing Top Gun Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. The Navy's top pilot is giving orders so fierce they're hard to comprehend. Make sure you have the record player on at night. Will he find a way to bring down costs? I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. Or will the Navy run out of gas money for their jets? I gotta get this straight. Top Gun Biden now playing on teleprompters everywhere because not all sequels are created equally. All men and women created by go you know the you know the thing.
4: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, putting a bow on a historic day of broadcasting on the legendary 1230 WBVP and, of course, 1460 WMBA out in Beaver County, Pennsylvania, which also happens to be the home, by the way, Josh. You didn't know this. Terry Francona lived in New Brighton. And we will shout him out because he's a Cleveland Guardians manager. He's no longer a Red Sox manager. That shout-out, Francona fans listening out there in Beaver County, that shout-out doesn't happen, just so you know, if he's still managing the Red Sox. I know I'm your radio buddy and I'm on the station and we're all going to build this great thing together, but I do have my loyalties uh, to my New York Yankees. Uh, but that being said, it was a high honor to grace the airwaves. So a shout-out. Uh, to all of you legends out there in Beaver County tonight, if you want some bonus Jimmy Fallon, I will be on Gutfeld on the Fox News uh, channel. It is 11 o'clock tonight. Dana Perino doing the hosting work. I will also be appearing on Kennedy on the Fox business network that's going down at 7:40 eastern time kennedy no fan by the way of all of this inflation right now
5: thanks big government weenuses
4: no she is not happy we're going to be discussing that and some problems over at google it's going to be a wild night but the point here is we did it if you bet the over three hours in vegas on our show, Surviving a Day in Beaver County, you have made money. Regardless of where the chips fall, the show is over. You do have to get out, get on with your life. Check me out on the TV. We're back here again tomorrow. Until then, you can be a Republican. You can be a
2: Democrat. I really don't care. Just don't be a